You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Thanks for joining us. Games galore and the race for the A-League finals is heating up. Speaking of heat, someone who's currently on fire, my co-host, VIG. Hello, mate. Hello. Stepping uh, right out of the kitchen, mate. How's the week been? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Mate, I've been in ISO, so uh, the only thing keeping me sane at the moment besides uh, besides the football is, uh, I suppose, the fact that I'll be free one day in the near future or sometime soon. <laughs> That's all right. At least you got a Spurs win, so you can uh, could have watched that and enjoy it. Mate, I could talk about Spurs for the whole 45 minutes, but I won't. Let's move on. So, firstly, congratulations to Topor Stanley, 359 not out, edging past his former teammate, Andrew Durante. A great achievement, uh, and he's done that playing at five A-League clubs, so fantastic for not only him, but also for Western United. Huge, huge. Um, you know, he's, a, he's been one of those players that are just consistent over his entire career. And, um, you know, congratulations to him. I'm not sure if you, you saw it or not, but uh, Western United did a video and there was all these congratulations messages. And it wasn't just Western United players. It was players all scattered throughout the league. I think, uh, you know, there was there was blokes from everywhere. There was Wilco and there was, uh, you know, there was everybody on there. So it just goes to show that not only is he a very good player, but he's also very well liked. And I think that's just as important these day and age uh, to go out there and, and, you know, and everyone knows you're in for a battle, but they also rate you off the pitch as well. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's, he's renowned around the league for, for being a top bloke and um, that's testament to, to him and, and the way he carries himself and, and the way he's played um, over his entire career. Yeah, and speaking of records, Ryan Grant uh, broke the most appearances for Sydney FC, 268 and counting. The red card was not the ideal way to celebrate, but bravo all the same. Yeah, it was. And look, congratulations to, to Buster. He's, um, you know, at, at the start of his career, he probably thought, Playing 268 games for Sydney FC, he'd, he'd never do that, and especially with um, the two injury setbacks he's had, he's he's come back from I think two two or three maybe knee recos. Um, so to go on and play 268 uh, games for the for the one club, um, he'll go down as a, a Sydney FC legend. Look, speaking of that, I saw an old pic they posted, and he was a doppelganger for Ed Sheeran. So I think that was probably his. It was going to be the highlight of his career until he uh, started to make a name for himself at Sydney. So I think he'll be a lot happier with the way things have turned out. Until he found a new hairdresser and got the mullet. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Now look. Now he's now his hair's is not a non-talking point. So it's all about his football, which is, I, I suppose, the way he'd like it. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what the foot? WTF? Sydney Derby. Yeah, but Sydney Derby on the same time as the Bad Blood Victory versus Adelaide game. Four games on Saturday, none on Friday. Why? Please, yeah. please take me out of the dark. Please, I, expl- yeah. please explain. I, honestly, if if you weren't a true football fan, you probably wouldn't even even have known that the Derby was on on Saturday night out at Cogra. So, um, look, we, it, it's always an uphill battle. We 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 love to make things hard for ourselves. Um, you know, there, there's. You know, so many people that, that love the game here in Australia and, and want what's best for the game. But um, sometimes, you know, we seem to be paddling up, up uh, you know, what creek with our north. So, um, you know, we, we need to promote the game better. We need to uh, – scheduling needs to be better. Um, you know, we, we want what's best for the game. We want eyeballs on the game. We want people watching it. Um, we, we need to do a better job from, from the top down. Um, and you know it, it starts. It starts with with the A League. 
Mate, you'd be mistaken for thinking that uh, Netflix hit Shits Creek is not a show about the A-League, wouldn't you, sometimes? <laughs> you, you would, you would. <laughs> yeah, it's just, let's move on. That's, that's enough beating up of that. But uh, the Socceroos crashed again 1-0 away to Saudi Arabia, confirming we now play UAE with the victor, the victor setting up an all-or-nothing clash with Peru to book a place at the World Cup. Yeah, look, I think we need to just put this uh, the recent uh, qualifiers behind us. Um, we've got two games now, massive opportunity, um, big game against UAE to, to start off with. And if we win that, we go through and play Peru. Um, and then, you know, if we get to the World Cup, it's it's going to be fam- pretty familiar because it's uh, pretty close to the, the 2018 lineup we had with um, with France and Denmark uh, also in our group. So. If we do get there, um, it, it, you know we would have played three of the three of the four teams that we played uh, at the last World Cup, and we have to beat Peru to to get to it. We can save this for another day, but it uh, goes to show, right, even when you do you get an automatic qualification spot and you think you've done the right thing, Japan get punished for that and they get in a killer group. So you get qualified automatically and you get a worse group than teams that still have to go and qualify through another path, which is, you know, I, I don't think that's a fair reward, but I, I don't know how you, you change the draw. But, yeah, if I was Japan, I would feel dirty considering looking at a few of the other groups. Oh, they're, they're in the group of death, I think. So, um, yeah, look, you know, that, that that's football. That's that's the way it goes. Um, you know, at a World Cup, there's there's no easy games at a World Cup. Uh, I'll t- I'll tell you that much. So, you know, good good luck to them. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna find it you know pretty tough. And and like likewise for for Saudi and and likewise for ourselves if if we make it there. Yeah, very true words. So player escape room. We welcome Wellington Phoenix quality English defender Scott Wooten. So he'll be up later on for a chat. Quick snapshot of the A-League as we're starting to get down to the business end of the season. I think, you know, depending on who you are, it's anywhere between seven or nine or ten games or something. But City at, in top spot on 43, played 22. Western United on 38, played 20. Bulls, 29, played 20. Victory, 28, played 18. Sydney, 28, played 21. And Adelaide, 28, played 21. So that's the top six. And the three teams sitting just outside of there is the Phoenix on 27, only playing 18 games. So they've got a few games in hand on the top six. Mariners, 23, uh, 18 as well. So they've got a couple of games in hand. And the Jets, 22, played 19. So pretty much the rest. See you later. Wanderers, who we were talking about a few weeks ago with, uh, with these three other sides who are just outside the Sixers teams that could break in. No chance at the moment, the way they're going. So, uh, yeah, this is pretty much the six. And maybe one of these others, I think, might be able to sneak in. Yeah, look, I think it's Sydney FC did themselves a, a big favour on the weekend in, in the derby, getting three points there. They've, they've jumped back into the six. Uh, Wellington dropout, Central Coast, and, and like you said, Newcastle there. They're probably the three teams that have games in hand. And if, if they win those games, they can, want, you know, a few of them that potentially could find themselves in the top six. Let's get stuck into the Revolution Roundup. But first, quickly, my, uh, my wrap for the week. So red cards and own goals, there were many. Teams winning both games, there weren't any. Raws showed keep it, keep shooting and you will score, while City taught the Phoenix how to count past four. So um, first game of the week of the week was our Glory versus Jets uh, on the Wednesday. Um, wasn't that exciting? Pretty much I could summarise it in Jack Dun- Duncan's brilliant save to help the Jets leave Perth with a point, but three points are what they needed and a red card to superstar Pena was a double blow. Yeah, look, a uh, bit of an uneventful game. Um I think this, was this the, the final game of the, of the three on on the on the thirtieth. So I, I think I watched a little bit and then just snoozed off as I, as I was watching it. So um, you know, pretty uneventful. And the, the red card to Pena probably hurt the Jets because it, it means he missed the next game. 
It most certainly did, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the uh, roundup. But uh, the second of those games was Sydney FC versus the Bulls, uh, 2-2 draw. Two classy finishes at the same end by Shushana. Unfortunately, one for each team. A Davia penalty for the Bulls and a nice Bahaja finish meant the teams had to settle for a draw. Yeah, look, um, good good to see Davia back on the score sheet. Uh, Sushna on the score sheet at both ends, like you said. Um, and probably a, a fair result. I think MacArthur, to, to go 2-0 up against Sydney FC, they're probably, you know, they should get something a little bit more out of that game, especially um, away from home. Um, they'll, they'll be disappointed with that. But Sydney find themselves, they, they finally get themselves back in the game at, at 2-1 uh, just before half time. And then uh, two all in the second half. But, yeah, look, you know, probably a fair result in the end. Yeah, and the last of the three Wednesday games was uh, Brisbane Raw hosting the Phoenix. Phoenix ran out 3-0 three, three winners. Wellington put two past Freck and another thanks to Friendly Fire to catapult them into the top four after sitting the lower half of the table most of the season. And I do have one funny uh, fact about the Raw. They scored no goals in this game but had 36 shots, 11 on target. Were their eyes open? Wow, that's a that is a huge <laughs> that's a huge stat. I don't think um, you'd have that, have that many shots know. if you had the golfing driving range. Yeah, look, I think Ollie Sale's got a. I think he was t- he was ten out of ten. He had an outstanding game as well, so he probably kept uh, kept Wellington in it. But Wellington's still on a bit of a high from from last week's um, late winner. So you know, good good on them. Good to see Ben Wayne on the on the score sheet again as well. He's he's doing really well since his call up to the uh, All Whites. Yeah, it's great to see him doing well. So moving on to the Saturday games, and it was. Uh, the Phoenix. Wait, back. wait. There was no game on Friday. There was no game on Friday. Nothing. Uh, on fr- that's what. That's okay. what I said before. So they put all these no games game on Friday. Wednesday, Saturdays, and nothing on Friday to compete no with the other sports. Yeah. So absolute yep. nuts. Anyway, so that meant that the Phoenix uh, were back in action again against uh, City. Uh, the final score was six nil. This is the first of the Saturday games to City. I thought it was a day late April Fools. The scoreline and the pitch they played on was just not up to scratch, and I thought it was definitely someone playing a prank on me. It was. Football was back in uh, in God's country down in the Sutherland Shire. So, um, like you said, it might I, be God's I, country, but it wasn't I, God's pitch. Or it might have yeah, been. It might have been the before land before times pitch. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It was God's pitch uh, back when it had shades of the old Olympic Sharks uh, back in the day when when they won the NSL. Um, <laughs> but um, had shades yeah, of when look, Zeus Zeus was still playing in striker for the uh, for the yeah, God All Stars. Look. Look, we have the issue in Australia of, of sharing football pitches with rugby league teams and rugby union teams and all that. Um, you know, it, it's never a good look having the rugby league markings on a football pitch and, and having it been all chopped up. I think the Sharks played on it the, the day before. So, um, you know, it, it's never a good look for the game and it's something that, you know, we need to start having football, you know, A-league-specific stadiums for our teams. Um you know, it's probably a long way away. Probably may never even happen. But um, in this game, look, Wellington were in the game up until half time. It was only one nil. Um, I think it was a an own, an own goal in the, in the first half, and then the second half, City just showed their quality. Tilio came on off the bench, uh, got a cheeky double. So. He's doing really well. Still can't find a start, though, so I don't know what's going on there. It's funny you say that because it was 1-0 at half time, and City only had six shots on target, and they won 6-0, and one of them was an own goal. So it goes to show it was a bit harsh on the Phoenix. Uh, it also shows the firepower and how Melbourne can punish you even in half a game. So you're in it for, you know, 45 minutes. Second half, look, a win in Queensland a few days earlier, and then travelling back to Sydney obviously did them no favours because in the second half they ran out of gas, and as good as City are, I think it was a combination of the two. 
Yeah, definitely. Look, City City showed their quality. Wellington have been uh, travelling around the country, um, you know, playing at another venue yet again, a, a different venue, not down in Wollongong. This time they're at uh, at Shark Park in Cronulla. So, um, you know, I'm not making excuses for them, but it is it is difficult and um, to come up against a, a firing City team um, who are just too good on the day. Yeah, and the second of the uh, four Saturday games was uh, points shared between Western United and the Mariners, having a 2-2 draw. Record breaker, top or Stanley and his team can thank Jamie Young. They didn't lose this game. Yeah, definitely. Jamie Young was was outstanding. He's um, he, he was he was fired up, actually. He made some good saves and he, he was fired up at his defence. Um, look, a, a double to, to Jason Cummins and then he could have been the hero, but he, he missed the penal, penalty right at the end. And boy, um, did uh, did Jamie let him know. He did. He did. <laughs> he, he got. He got. He got right up in his grill, didn't he? I most certainly did. And not only that, I think you know Jamie was fantastic as he's been all year. But I, I think the first goal he, he came to collect and he didn't didn't catch and it ended up hitting Cummings. You know he didn't he didn't know much about it, but it hit him and went in. So I reckon he was already pumped up uh, based yeah. on that mistake. And, he, and if I, if I know Jason Cummings at all, I reckon he maybe probably had a slight dig at um at uh at our man at at Jamie Young. Um, after scoring that goal, potentially, maybe just wind, wind him up a little bit. Oh, most certainly. And Prijevic has added another to his collection for the season. I think that was his seventh. And it was also nice to see Killer back for Western United, and they definitely looked better yeah. with him on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. Prijevic done to uh, find some form. Um, so, like you said, seven goals now, which is not a bad return for his first season in the A-League. Um, and, you know, the talk about all the talk after the game was uh, was about Jason Cummins and, and Socceroos and potentially getting a call up for these next qualifiers. I don't know. Thought your thoughts on that? No, nah, all the talk should have been. That's another one from the Mariners that potentially got away from him. They had a chance there with a penalty to uh, take all three points and put themselves really in the hunt for the six. They still are in it, but it would have put them in a nice, comfy position. It would also mean a big win against a, a, a top two team at the moment. So for me, look, I think at the moment after what's happened with Bruno, everyone's going to talk about anyone that plays half decent that can try and get themselves into the Socceroos at the moment. I think it's too late in the campaign to bring anyone in at this stage. And I think he's been a really good fit and I think he's a quality player for the Mariners. But at this point in time, we just got to stick with what we've got. And if we're, if he's young enough and he's good enough, maybe we look at him for the next campaign. But I'd just be putting an, a, an exclamation mark there now and just worrying about it uh, next year or the year after or something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. I think he's got to get to the uh, – he's got to stand in, stand in the queue for a little while longer. Um, you know, likes of, likes of Jamie McLaren, who's already got 13 goals this season. Uh, Craig Goodwin is playing as a sort of, you know, you have him as a second striker, a winger, seven goals. Fornaroli, seven. Matthew Leckie, seven. And uh, Nick D'Agostino, who just made his debut, seven goals as well. So I think he's uh, he's got to bite his time and, and jump. he jumps at the end of that queue. And uh, potentially, like you said, for the for the next campaign, he may be a shout. Yeah. Moving on to the third of the Saturday game. So in the Bad Blood derby, which is what I've called it, the Adelaide nil, uh, victory one. So Adelaide, Adelaide tom, uh, totally dominated the game and walked away with nothing. But like all good teams, victory rolled with the punches away from home and struck with a great team goal to claim the three points. I'll tell you what, how about that that touch from Gary to bring the ball down in the box and then lovely little cutback to, to Rojas. That was that was brilliant. A lovely diagonal ball. There was a lot of quality um, in that game. I think there was one too. I saw um, Ibezush, uh, he, he brought one down on his chest at one stage and I think a couple of the shots. That the, the game was full of real quality. And so, to be honest, just because it was only 1-0 yeah. doesn't mean that there wasn't a lot of quality in it. But uh, there's such uh, passion and such, you know, there, there is bad blood between those two clubs that I think sometimes, you know, you, don't, you give up goals because it's so much of a, an arm wrestle. It's it's always a great fixture uh, between Adelaide and Melbourne Victory, and 
um, you know, I was, I was watching uh, Celtic Rangers game last night and, and the crowd was electric, but the football wasn't too crash hot. And if you put, if you put that football, if you put Adelaide and Melbourne victory um, in front of the, the old firm crowd and you put that on television, it'd be a spectacle and people would be talking about how great it is and how great the football is. So, um, you know, yeah, a lot of people like to diss the A-League, but there is some good quality football being played. Yeah, I agree. And moving on to the last of the Saturday games, it was Sydney FC 3, Wanderers 2. Uh, Sydney got a bit of revenge for their loss uh, when we did our Sydney Derby cook-off week. And so it was a big week for them and they didn't deliver and the Wanderers did and they ran out uh, winners on that particular week. But uh, the Sky Blues with a crucial uh, crucial win, only their second win in the Derby in the last 10 games. So uh, And also it comes at an important time where they're trying to cling into the top four or top six. Yeah, definitely. Look, we've been talking about Sydney being slow starters. Um, you know, they, they went down 2-0 to, to MacArthur in the first half midweek. Um, so for them to get a, an early goal, a, a very early goal against the Wanderers, that really set, set themselves up. It was a great touch and, and turn from LaFondra. He sort of, to, to do that, technically to do that, to touch the ball one way and then turn your body. Classic shoot, Alfie. Shoot back the other way. It, it was a great finish. Yeah, it was. Classic Alfie um, back, on the, back on the sausage rolls. Um, and then Trent Bahaja in the second half pops up in the box and then he, he's uh, second goal to make it 3-1. Uh, great finish. He absolutely sat down um, Kanka, sent him for a hot dog, um, <laughs> cut, cut, the ball, cut the ball back, cut the ball back and then uh, a lovely finish. So um, it's good to see him uh, scoring goals. Yeah, they were, they were some great goals for Sydney, but there was also a real nice sweet volley there from Tom Mohamed. So, look, there was plenty of quality in the game. There was also, I believe, a debut for Sydney's goalkeeper, 19-year-old Adam, is it Pe- Pevlicic. Pevlicic, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he's made his debut. I don't know where uh, how, how Hewitt Bell and, and where uh, Redders both were, but uh, he got his call up. So at 19 years of age, an amazing experience for him in your first game in a derby. So something he'll never yeah. forget. But uh, I just want to get your opinion on two quick things before we uh, we move on to the final couple of games. Uh, late handball against Donaghy and Ryan Grant sent off. So the Donaghy, oh, for me, that's a handball. Yeah, I would. His, I, his I would have called not, it too. His hand might not be so far outstretched from his body, but his body and the movement is going towards the ball. So for me, uh, look, I, I think that's a handball. I think it's a an error. And me too. Penalty chance um, to Sydney, tie things up at three three. Yeah, yep. Sydney can be can be very fortunate that they got away with that one. What about the Ryan Grant send off in his uh, in his uh, record breaking game? Yeah, look, it's disappointing because you know to to break the record in, in two hundred and sixty eight games for Sydney FC. Massive accomplishment, and um, you know, at that stage, winning the game three-two, um, it would have been a great night for Ryan, and, and just sort of a bit of a disappointment getting sent off. But you know, those ones go go both ways, and yeah, look, it, it's it's unfortunate, but it's it's happened, and you know, red cards been been issued out, and and that's it. But um, take nothing away from from Ryan Grant and his uh, 268 games for Sydney FC. Yeah, congrats. And I thought it was a bit of a nothing. So, yeah, let's move on. So the two Sunday games, the first one, uh, MacArthur Bulls 4, Perth Glory 2. Great courage shown by 10-men Bulls fighting back from 2-0 down, but uh, Glory were poor. Yeah, they, they were pretty poor, but they started on fire. It's a, a great free kick from uh, Giovanni Colley. Um, you know, a lot of young young boys coming through this Perth team at the moment, and Ruben Zajkovic is is giving them their chance. Um, it, it was a, a beautiful free kick. Maybe if I'm being harsh, maybe um, MacArthur keeper could have done a little bit better. Uh, Curdo, I don't know if he saw it late, but it, it was a, it was a nice free kick. And then 
second half, MacArthur just showed their, their class. But add to uh, that too, mate. Yeah. Uh, it was a first A-League goal for young Trent Ostler as well. So the 2-0 lead was on the back of Collie's great free kick, but also on the, on the back of a debut goal for the young striker. So that gave yeah. them a 2-0 lead. Yeah, so they, they go 2-0 up away from home. Um, and, and they just showed a bit of bit of inexperience with the with the young squad. Um, and then MacArthur had a player sent off as well, Charles Charles and Bombois. Um, but then look, Devere's quality that that ball he played through for for Mo Toure, you, you know, you're running across pitch. Yeah, but great, everyone everyone in Australia knew where he was passing the ball. I don't know yeah, how the opposition of, didn't. It was the biggest golden book of, of all time. Of, of course, but it was a great ball and, and also a great run from Toure, like a, a little diagonal run and that straight ball. Um, you know, sort of. He, as as um Davia's running running across across pitch it's just that that little that fine little dink back um so it was, it was a great ball lo- lovely goal and uh, MacArthur probably deserved winners in the end Look, Bulls did need two spot kicks and a late, late fourth to kill off Perth, but uh, it was a huge win as it puts them in third. A loss would have put them sitting in eighth, so it goes to show how we, how massive that Very game tight. was for them, yeah, and how taking three points over, not taking three points in the uh, A-League at the moment is, is a big deal. And moving on to the last of those uh, Sunday games and the ninth game that uh, of our Revolution Roundup, Raw to Jets nil. So really simple. Raw's plan to keep on shooting seemed to work following up Wednesday's 36 shots with another 17, scoring two goals in the last 10 minutes. But they were assisted by a late red card and a penniless Jets who didn't actually have a shot on goal. That's, that's very surprising. So that's, you know, that goes to show um, how much of an impact a, a player like Pena has. They rely um, on him a lot. They do rely on him a lot for creating goals and, and scoring goals. So he's a player that can can both set up a goal and is is dangerous around the box because he loves to shoot shoot as well. So... Um, you know, not much, not much in the game up until I think the I think it was Moragas got sent. Eightieth minute, yeah. Um, so and you know Henry Hall on the score sheet again, and then um, Luka Vanovic with some some lovely feet at the end and, and a nice finish. So it's good to see him um, back back playing and and uh, fit again. So that's the end of our Revolution Roundup. Up after the break, we welcome to the player escape room towering Phoenix defender Scott Wooten. Speak to you after the break. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Joining us now in the player escape room is one of the A-League's new boys who has already made a big impact at his club. Please welcome to the show, Wellington Phoenix commanding defender, Scott Wooten. G'day, Scott. Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks very much. Nice little intro there. Cheers. I know. But, uh, mate, I've got to make sure that all the the new boys stay in the good books with the Football Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) So, mate, how's things? Firstly, congratulations on signing a new three-year deal with the Phoenix. Great news for you and the club. Yeah, no, I'm delighted. Um, thanks very much. Um, obviously, means a lot. Yeah, huge commitment from from both sides. Obviously, for me to commit for for a long time, and also for the club. You know, I'm very grateful for that. And you know, I just can't wait to to, to pay them back over the next few years. Uh, I've been delighted with how it's gone since I've been over here. And um, you know, I'll be looking forward to getting back to New Zealand and really settling, making a home, and um, and hopefully keep on the uh, upward trajectory. Mate, we'll touch on the uh, the New Zealand part in a second, but uh, what convinced you to move to Australia? So you've got a partner and, and children as well, so uh, big call, big move. What uh, what was behind that decision? Um, I just got a bit fed up, really, to be honest, of, of playing in England. Um, as I was getting older, I probably realised the first part of my career was spent in the Championship, and as you get older, um, unless you were going to be in a team that was going to get promoted, it was probably going to be very impossible to, to get back there. Um Due to the fact of like everyone wants young players, they all want the next big thing. And I'd always kept in touch with um, 
people who played over there. I spoke to David Ball a lot when he was over there. Obviously, players for the same team. Callum McManaman had spoken to uh, Warren Joyce, who was the manager of Melbourne City. He was my reserve manager, so I touched base with him a couple of times over the years. And they all just spoke spoke really, really highly of it. Um, I spoke to David Ball. He got he put me in touch with his agents, who who who'd done a great job um, in getting me here in in January. And I just woke up to a message really on January the first. Um, Saying you know this this has come up. What are you thinking? It was on the phone at half five in the morning, um, and it just just went from there. Really. Then I spoke to the to the boss a couple of hours later, um, and just said, yeah, you know, it was, it was a no brainer for me. Like I say, I just felt I, I felt like I'd achieved all that I could have achieved in England, um, and I was just ready for a fresh fresh start and a fresh challenge. And like I said, I think it's one of the best decisions that I probably ever made. Mate, and the other best decision was following the path of VIP ball, right? Because it, not everyone gets the red carpet rolled out for them. So if you follow the same path as him, then uh, it was a very smart move on your behalf. <laughs> he doesn't shut up, does he? Mate, he's absolute quality. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to bag the, the big friends of the show. So uh, we can just park that one for another day or a private message offline. But, uh, mate, so how are you finding the A-League and Sydney? Um, you know, you guys are going home at the end of the month and you've got two games, I think one in uh, Wellington and Auckland locked in in New Zealand, which will be your first games for your club back home. But uh, how are you finding things here in Sydney? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I think it's an unbelievable city. Um Absolutely, I'm disappointed with what's happened with the weather. Though everyone's telling me it'd be dead hot and sunny, but we've had storms, <laughs> torrential rains, floods, everything. Um, but now I'm only joking. It's it's been great. I've loved it. Um, for obviously the first time to to Australia and and this part of the world. So I'm probably a bit different to the rest of the lads. The rest of the lads can't wait to get over to New Zealand. I'll, you know, look, I'm excited as well. It's, again, it'll be a new place that I, I will have seen and lived in. Um, because I've not been there, I, I don't really know what to expect. So, I, you know, for me, I've just loved loved being in Australia, especially in Sydney. It's, a, it's an amazing place and an amazing city. Most certainly is. So, mate, your CV is very impressive, having played at huge clubs, Liverpool, Man United and Leeds. Which English club do you support? If I had to pick one of them, it'd be Man United. Okay. I was actually an Everton fan as a kid, a young kid, because you don't get a choice in England. It's who your dad supported and who his dad supported. But then as a, I think I joined United at 15 and left when I was 21. So that six years, that's where you just got, I got the real affinity for the club. And, you know, obviously playing a couple of games just give me that extra sort of feeling of, of being there. And they're always the team I look out for. And obviously it's not been a great few years, but... Um, no, that's if I had to pick a team, that's who I'd pick. That who I look for first, shall we say. Mate, you got to stay loyal. But uh, what's the most important thing you learned at those great clubs? Um, I think there's loads. I, th- I think the biggest thing to touch on what you learn at those clubs is mentality and attitude can get you so far. I've seen loads of players with 10 times more talent than me or other players I've played with, but if you've, if you've got the mentality and you've got the will to work and practice and, and do more than everybody else, then you, you'll get on in, in life, not just in football. And that was really instilled in us as young players, especially at Man United, you know, um, doing extra stuff after training and everyone's really pushing themselves and it was an unbelievable working environment really to, to grow up in. And it's only when you leave it that you realise how good and special it was. Um, so, you know, that that's something I've took th- with me throughout all my career. You know, um, I'm not one of these who, who's first out off the training pitch. I always like to to do a little bit more and, and keep myself, you know, as, as good as I can. And um, yeah, that, they're the biggest things that I would say really attitude and mentality. Mate, great advice for the young listeners. And just before we get into a few of the games we like to play with our guests, you represented uh, England under-17s uh, you know, on a number of occasions. So was there any big names, any famous players that are now playing hey, in the big leagues? Actually, you'll all know very well at the minute, Jack Rodwell. Obviously, he's at Western Sydney Wonders at the moment. Yep. He was uh, he was the captain of that team. Uh, there was a guy, the, the most hype around that time at the time was a guy called John Bostock. 
I think he'd made his debut for Crystal Palace in the Premier League at 16. He was the one everyone was sort of talking about. Uh, I think Kyle Barley, he's had a really good career. He was in that age group. And then again, it, it does, you know, the fact I've just signed a three-year contract here now makes me really grateful and appreciative because there was a lot of players, even in that team, who were, who were miles better than me, who, who aren't even playing professional football now. And um, I'm just trying to think of any others. So that sort of, sort of level, Scott, do you still keep in touch with those sorts of guys or is it, you know, because it's such a high professional level that you, you play with them and you move on or is it one of those things where you, you still keep in touch with all those sorts of guys? Yeah, I think a lot of it, you're just colleagues really and you fight, especially in that environment, you know, in the England team, you're sort of competing for each other to make the next camp or the next squad and, and things like that. So you don't really get too pally with them and you're, and you're only there for such a short period of time. I think when you're at, you're at club level, you know, I, I've kept in touch with probably at least one one person from each club I've been at and, and still speak to them, you know, on a, a few of them anyway on a daily basis. Um, there's some, you know, Robbie Brady's my best mate at United. We could go six months without speaking, but then you'll have a chat and it's like you've 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 been speaking every day. Um, Luke Murphy was at Leeds. I still speak to him every, every now and again. You know, he's godfather to my, my eldest girl. And then two boys from MK Dons I speak to on a daily basis all the time. So, yeah, you, you do. You get one or two, but, you know, it's not like... Um, you become friends with everyone. You're moving about that quick. Your focus changes all the time, especially with, especially in England as well. People move around clubs so, so much. So um, you, you keep one or two. Look, absolute quality. But uh, look, enough of the football business. Let's get stuck into a little bit about Scott Wooten, the uh, the person and, and the family man. So just before we start the two games, I'd like to play with the guests. I'm going to ask you of your current or former teammates, who would you? And there'll be three questions. You just have to give me one player for each of these three questions. You ready to go? Invite to dinner. Ooh. Robbie Brady. Why would you why would you choose him? He's just one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's just he's he's so quick in the head, you know, like lookalikes or he's just great entertainment. Uh, David Ball would become a close second because he's very similar in his ways, but I think for the longevity, um, you know, we've got so many stories and past moments that we could we could have a laugh about and he's just he's so funny. Yeah, so I'd take him. It'd be a good it'd be a good laugh, I'm sure. Awesome. All right. Take to karaoke. Ooh. There would have been a lot of guys in their time that think they can sing as well as they can play, right? So there's probably a big list, but give me the top one you think would be great to take to karaoke. Ah, the tough one, yeah. There's, I think if, especially on a Christmas party or an end of season do after a few drinks, you'd always get one or two who fancy themselves. Definitely wouldn't be myself. I wouldn't be going <laughs> Okay. Um, karaoke. I'll tell you what I'd do. Oh, latest. Oh, he's not a player, actually. Uh, Stephen Quinn. I actually haven't played with Stephen Quinn. Yep. Right. But he's, I've become close with him over the years because he played with other mates and we, we've become friends in our sort of circle. But on the karaoke, he is absolutely incredible. I've got some, we'll, we'll, I'll show you some videos of him uh, when we, we chat off air. Uh, but he's, he would have the hot, again, whenever, you, whenever he was playing or singing, he'd have the whole place crying with laughter. So he would, uh, he'd be my vote. Right. Lock him in. And my last one, who would you trust to mind your kids? David Paul. Honestly, are you, are, you, are you paying commission to him or something? What's going on, David Ball? Oh, just um, again, I've knew Ballie since for nine since nine years ago. He had a young kid himself. He's got two kids. I've got two kids. Um, he's a great dad. From you know, his kids were over here now, so um, I would feel safe with him looking after the kids. He's very dozy and a bit sloppy when he's not around his family because he just sort of mentally switches off and he goes all over the place. But um, I think when he's around his family and kids, he's, he's switched on. So I'd, I'd go for David Ball. I can't disagree with that. And I love golden balls, David Ball too, but I'm just sick of him being good at everything. So I wish I wish people would stop talking him up. He's not good at golf. He's not good at golf. 
Oh, he's terrible, mate. Honestly, he's awful. He thinks he is. Well, that's good. Let's start promoting him as a golf player then. That'd be fantastic. Right. Can he sing? Maybe we can throw him forward for karaoke as well. I'm not, I'm not sure if he can sing, but golf, if, you're ever, if you're looking for something that he's not very good at, it's, it's golf. All right, well, I'm going to start digging and find some more stuff too. This can be my new campaign on the show. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the first game we like to play with our guests. It's called Lock, Stock and Three Smoking Balls. So I'll ask you three questions. Not David Ball, just three smoking balls. But uh, yeah, you ready to play? Yeah, let's go. If you could sign one player from any A-League club to join the Wellington Phoenix, who would it be? Jamie McLaren. Why does everyone say the J-Mac? Because for me, goals, you're only as good as your strikers and goals are the most important thing in football. I think defensively, you can you can have a set-up. Obviously, having better players and better defenders helps. But I just think it's a no-brainer, really. What I think I seen a stat the other day, he scored 71 goals in 80 games. You know, that, that's almost averaging a goal a game. It's actually quite incredible, really. So I think if you put an, a striker on your team who's, who's averaging almost a goal a game, you're only going to go one way. Uh, I don't even think he's a passenger. I think he puts a shift in off the ball as well. So he'd be um, he'd be my pick. Quite easy, that one. Is that who everyone says, is it? Everyone says that. And look, you can't really argue, considering I've had even Melbourne Victory, who their biggest rivals, come on and say, unfortunately, I have to choose J-Mac now. I don't know how that goes down with the club or with the media manager, but even even the Victory choose their biggest enemy as the, as the player they'd like to play with. So it, look, it is pretty universal. There's a few others thrown in, but he's usually the, the name at the front. But look, I can even find something with him. He's, he's decided to get married instead of playing for the Socceroos, so he's not perfect. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit out there, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, look, we, it's something we can uh, we can talk off air. We're not going to throw any dirty laundry out here. But uh, if you could change one FIFA rule, not on FIFA the, the uh, video game, but in general, either the A-League or in one of the leagues that you've played in around the world, what would it be? Uh, a couple of things have changed. I can't believe that there's no international breaks here for the when the our national team players. So, I mean, look, Melbourne City have got a great squad, but I think it's wrong that they can have, you know, four or five players called up to the national team and they have to play. Uh, in England, in the, the championship and premiership, get international breaks when, when the national team plays and in the windows. But even in leagues one, two, if you have three or more players called up to a, any national squad, you, you're allowed to postpone the game and move it. And I just think that's wrong. I think that's unfair, really, on the league. And another thing about the A League, I think, could be questioned is obviously the 26 games, 12 teams. So that's every team will play 22 games. I think it's quite unfair that, you know, let's say two teams are battling for sixth and seventh. One team's four extra games where you have to play three times might be against one, three, four, five, and the other team might be 12, 11, 10, 9. And I just think that's um, that's slightly unfair on, on, on the teams, whoever gets drawn fixes. I think, I think it's slightly unfair. You've only been in the league for a handful of games and you've already worked out uh, what's wrong with it. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's fair, mate, but uh, it is a very good analysis of currently some of the problems we have. So, look, I'll, I'll put that forward to the powers to be. Yeah, please do. I just find it strange. I think the, the fixture one is, is unfair because I'm not going to say it questions the integrity, but, you know, let's say we're, we're seventh at the minute and we're, let's say we're fighting with Sydney FC and we've got four games left and it's the extra four games and we're playing Melbourne City, Western United, um, Melbourne Victory. And they're playing Perth, Brisbane. Listen, I'm, I'm just talking in, in the yep. future. I'm just talking about where the league table is now. That's not to say that teams could drop out, teams could do better. But I just don't think that's quite right, really. I've never I've never seen that in a league. And, and for the internationals, I think that, you know, there's not there's not that many games for the league campaign. So I'm sure they could postpone it. I know this season's been different because of COVID and stuff and the weather. But, you know, I'm sure there'll still be ways around it. Yeah, mate, definitely. So uh, last question. If you could be anyone for a day, who would it be? Oh, wow. Don't Anyone say David Ball. Don't say David Ball either, all right? 
<laughs> no chance. <laughs> Anybody for the day. Yeah, it could be. It could be any genre. It could be a movie star. It could be a, a, a singer. When I'm thinking music or actor, um, I'd probably say someone like Drake because he's just so. I love his music and he's so cool. Uh, I just like to have a day, seeing what he does, where he goes. That'd be. A, I think that'd be quite cool. Yeah, all right, we'll lock that one in then. All right, mate, we're getting into our final game now, which is uh, our version of Uno, which is Nuno. So we'll ask you seven questions. Uh, basically, the name of the game is Nuno because, A, I'm a Spurs fan and he gave us nothing good at the start of the year, so I'm hoping that Nuno can bring us some luck. Uh, and also after Nuno Reyes, who's uh, the Melbourne City defender. But, uh, yeah, seven questions. Basically, just there's two options for each question. You just tell us which is most applicable to you. Um, and on the sixth question, end of the sixth question, you must call out Nuno to avoid any penalties. Yeah. Uh, there is currently a time to beat, which is Liam Rose from MacArthur Bulls, which is about 23 seconds. But to be honest, I'm more worried about the quality of your answers and your touches than I am about racing through to try and beat uh, other people on the leaderboard. So when you're ready to go, we'll kick things off. Yeah, let's go. Question number one, snow or sand? Snow. Home cooking or Uber Eats? Home cooking. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Follow your head or your heart? Head. Comedy or action movies? Action. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Nuno. Brilliant. Coffee or tea? Tea. Okay. Too easy. Not not quite as quick as uh, as what uh, Liam Rose I was. Pause. I had a little pause, didn't I, on, um, on one of the, the night owl one? I reckon I reckon that you just wanted to make sure you didn't ruffle too many more feathers in the league when you've come in and set the world on fire. So uh, you're happy to let <laughs> someone else win win that. But uh, just touching on a couple of those, you said Messi. Why Messi over Ronaldo? I just think, listen, both the two best players of all time, in my opinion. It's I always, everyone always just pops up in groups of friends, teams everywhere, doesn't it? But I just think some Ronaldo's goal record is absolutely phenomenal. Some of the goals he scored, I, I feel like he's He's worked so hard and he's, he's unbelievable. But And I just think Messi, the, the things he does... Listen, Ronaldo, if you're both watching him, I don't think Ronaldo... Ronaldo, you'd finish the game and you go, wow, what a, what a hat-trick he scored. But if you're watching Messi live, and I've been fortunate enough to, to a couple of times, he, he just, like, he mesmerises you. He might not even score... It might not be a goal or an assist, but he just does things that I've never seen anybody do, taking players on, through balls, assists, goals... Uh, that's the reason being, you know, nothing obviously against Ronaldo. He's like I said, I think they're the two best players, but that's why Messi edges it for me. Mate, I'll put another question to you. Which one would you prefer to mark? Which one do you think you do a better job on? Uh, no one because Messi would have you everywhere because he, he plays <laughs> all over the place. And Ronaldo's one where you probably think, and we've seen it this season, you'd think you're probably doing a decent job against them. He doesn't get involved in a build up. You're probably thinking, right, you know, you're, you're keeping them quiet. And then he could score a trick in the last five minutes. I think it was the Villarreal game in Old Trafford. He, he scored back stick late last minute and they played really well against him. He didn't have a kick really, but then boom, well, that one moment of magic and his name's on the back papers and all that again. So, I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Ronaldo for that reason, just sheer concentration. I think Messi would make you look stupid, Megan, yeah, and twisting you inside out. So I think I'd go Ronaldo. All right, mate. Well, uh, look, we really appreciate your time on the Football Revolution uh, today. We know there's lots of good things for you ahead this year with uh, the Wellington Phoenix and hopefully you can sneak sneak into the top six. Uh, Hopefully you get a bit more time with uh, the family to uh, look around Sydney and also New Zealand when you get back home. But uh, until we check in with you again later in the year, thank you very much for your time and we wish you all the best, mate. No problem, Gio. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to the Football Revolution. 
Welcome back to the show. It's that time again for our man VIG to unload his wealth of knowledge and hit us with his VIG stats, man. VIG, though, we don't have very long because we've uh, we extended a little bit with uh, Scotty Wooten because we had such a good time and there were so many games this week in the Revolution Roundup. So uh, give us or hit us with we, a couple of your major stats. We don't have long, but let's get straight into it. This is a little special edition um, I like to call it VIXG stats, man, because <laughs> XG is the, the latest phenomenon um, in world football. Uh, you hear the commentators talking about it. You hear teams, you know, posting about it. Um, so pretty much XG is short for expected goals. So it, it's a, for those of you who don't know, it's a statistical measurement of the quality of goal scoring chances and the likelihood of them being scored. Okay, brilliant. So, you know, we're talking short short shots, long shots, chances in the box, um, you know, different positions around the pitch. Um, and then there's a, a number pumped out at the end of that, which is a, an XG number. So, Please tell me you've got um, one for the Raw there, considering they had 36 shots on one day, 17. Oh, the other, they had gonna, over 50 shots in two games. All right, so you're going to be you're gonna be quite surprised with yeah. this. So um, we're going to have to take a look at the A-League teams now. So who do you think has the highest XG rating overall from, from the A-League? Uh, I would say the Phoenix. Oof. Incorrect. Okay. Incorrect. Phoenix is sitting eighth. Okay. Their XG is 1.48. Okay. You, you just spoke about a team that potentially – Don't say know, the Raw. So the Raw are sitting second, have an, currently have an XG rating of 1.73. Is there a reload Is there a reload option in there? That, is that why, it, you know, if you reload enough times that eventually uh, you get I more think shots so. in? The, the, more, the more shots you take, <laughs> uh, the, the more chance you are of scoring a goal. It's, it's simple mathematics. So, okay. Um, you know, and then, so Sydney FC currently have the, the best XG rating of 1.89. Okay. Um. So, you know, they're, they're, they're dangerous around the box and, and they generally do score quite a few, few goals uh, each game. You know, we saw during the week two goals against MacArthur and then three um, against Western Sydney Wanderers. So, do you just want to give us the uh, top three? So Sydney's at one, give us the top three and then just skim through Brisbane, the rest. Brisbane at two, uh, Melbourne City at three. Okay. Uh, they'd be disappointed yeah. with that considering the firepower and how many goals they've scored this year. And, and you, you'll be disappointed with this too. Melbourne victory at last with 1.3. So yeah. maybe that's maybe that's poppable um, showing its uh, showing its face, <laughs> mate. It might be, but like I said on the weekend, they would. And, and I'm I'm honest, judge. They totally were outclassed and out and dominated in every stat, including uh, you know possession, shots, everything against Adelaide. But they still walked away one nil winners. So I, yeah. I I'd rather walk you know, away with points sometimes than being the prettiest person on the pitch. So yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. All right well. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep on we'll keep going on. Um, so best XG at home currently is Macarthur, um, which which I find you know I, I found that stat a, a little interesting. Maybe they're um, they're they're, um, they're hypnotizing people with the cowbell. Is that what they're doing? Potentially, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you, you watch you watch the games, and all you can hear is the cowbell ringing in the background. Um, and the worst XG at home is Western United, and perhaps that's because they don't really have a home at the moment. So. They're uh, they're bouncing around around uh, around Victoria to, to all these different grounds, uh, doing the doing the tour of Victoria. So it could also um, be the fact that uh, they do a lot of the times, and I've been told this is not intentional, but they do suck up a lot of pressure and give the other team the ball and give up possession and then get them on the counter, right? Which means sometimes they're only getting 40% possession, so it's hard to get shots away when you don't have the ball that often. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. So look. Uh, 
we've touched we've touched on a little bit. Um, uh, let's let's have a look at, at this week's upcoming fixtures. So we've got a few XG stats. So for people that want to, we've got to go out and uh, put some uh, put some money on expected goals or, or how many goals they, they expect in in the, in the matches on the weekend. So um, well, let's have a look at at uh, Melbourne City and Sydney FC. So expected goals 1.87 for for City, 1.8 for Sydney FC away. Um, and the average goals per game is 2.69. So maybe going a, a little bit overs there. So if, you, if you're going over two and a half goals, um, you know, may, maybe jump on that for, for City and Sydney FC uh, this weekend. Brilliant, mate. Look, you've had another string to your bow. Not only now do you know more football knowledge than 99% of the, the punters oh, out there. I'm dishing out gambling advice. Yeah, I was going to say, that. I know you've moved into a new realm now, and I don't know if it's a great advice <laughs> when you're now now a new dad. But, uh, look, we'll just make sure we keep Giannis away from uh, any of your betting tips until he's a bit older. But, uh, mate, let's finish off now with our clinical finish. So, firstly and quickly, we get into our weekly Tom Hammond Awards. So, for our best piece of uh, attacking brilliance or goal or et cetera for the week, I think there was a lot of good goals, but none I love. So I'd give it to the quickest goal scored this season, 44 seconds to Giordano Colley for his free kick that opened the scoring against uh, MacArthur Bulls. Yeah, it was. It was a, a lovely free kick and, and a good way to, to start a football match for Perth. Unfortunately, they didn't uh, they didn't finish it the right way. But, um, yeah, look. I'm, Have you got a counter-attack? Oh, 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 yeah, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm going to go with you. I, I quite liked it. Um, I did say before, Maybe Curdo could have done a little bit better, but maybe the free kick was was that good, and and to beat Curdo from that range um, must have been a, a decent strike. Mate, Curdo was already still putting his water bottle down and wetting his gloves. It was only forty four seconds in, so give him a break. But uh, so our weekly winner for this week's Tom Rahmed Award is uh, Giordano Colley. So he didn't get much out of that game other than the free kick, but uh, he does win our uh, Tom Rahmed Award for the week. Moving on to this week's key games, I've got three tomorrow night's crunch game between Phoenix and Mariners, who are currently sitting in seventh and eighth. So I think uh, it makes the job a lot harder for a loser in that game. If they share the points, then it probably affects both of them. But if they one of them can win, it would put them in a strong position. Friday night's sixth versus third. A lot at stake as Adelaide take on the Bulls. Uh, I explained before how, how much a, a win on the weekend made them, instead of sitting in eighth, the Bulls are in third. And Saturday night's Melbourne derby between the victory and City. So they're the three that I think are, are great viewing this week. Yeah, definitely. So it's a, a big week for Melbourne City. Um, so they've got Sydney FC on, on Wednesday night and then and then the derby on the weekend. So a huge, huge week for them. Um, you know, they, they either show their class and their, and their quality and um, or, you know, maybe Sydney FC and, and Melbourne Victory start to build a run into the finals. So it'll be interesting to see how they, those two games play, pan out. I think they're more than up for the, for the challenge. But uh, if they missed tonight's show or any of our shows in the previous weeks, where can they catch it, VIG? Yeah, they can catch us on Football Nation Radio. So download the Football Nation Radio app and, and uh, listen up on that. Or they can catch us on uh, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Love it. So uh, before we go, I'd just like to sp- uh, thank our very special guest, uh, Wellington Phoenix uh, hardman, uh, Scott Wooten. And we've got, like I've said, plenty more guests coming up in the next coming weeks. But uh, until then, or until next week's show, as we say, rise up and join the football re- revolution. Catch you next week.